Hello again, I'm Michael Lee, the Publicity Chair for the Magnetism and Magnetic Materials Conference coming up on October 31st in Minneapolis. You're about to hear the next installment in the series we've been working on with invited speakers and other notable attendees for the conference. My guest today is Dr. Daniela Petty, Professor of Physics at the Polytechnic University of Milan, who is an invited speaker at MMM 2022 in the Symposia on Imaging Magnetic Textures at the Nanoscale. In our conversation, she provided me with a fascinating introduction to magnetics and the efforts to design spin textures for efficient transmission of spin waves. I'll let Dr. Petty take it from here. My research in general uh, is related to control the magnetic, static, and dynamic properties of materials by using a technique that is called thermal calintoglithography. Uh, that use uh, a heatable tip to, let's say, somehow modify the surface of, of films. And we apply this technique to different systems. And uh, the, let's say, the main application is so far was magnonic, but also we, in general, control spin texture, so also domain walls, fermions, and so on. And in the field of magnetic, we have a, let's say, a long collaboration with people from synchrotrons, so from the Swiss light source, uh, in particular with the Pollux uh, beamline, who these people is a, these people are able to um, study spin waves with both, uh, let's say, um, spatial and uh, temporal resolution. So. We start our collaboration by making this sample, so controlling the spin texture and making some, let's say, uh, prototype device or something like this, or studying new phenomena and measuring the this kind of spin wave with them. But now we are also interested in controlling the third dimension of things because so far we have only studied, as far as I know. Uh, spin wave in two dimensions. So since everybody now want to, for, for a lot of different reasons, to expand the knowledge uh, uh, also in view of making some more packing of devices and something like this, to move to the third direction, the idea is also to, to study uh, spin waves in three dimensions. And this is uh, more or less the, this is the topic of my, uh, talk in which I will show you the technique that we are using uh, for uh, doing this uh, temporal and spatial resolution and measurement and image of spin wave in three dimensions. And the important fact from the physical point of view is that um, uh, we see that there are some features that was uh, before was only studied in two dimensions. For instance, interference of spin wave that has a very, uh, let's say, uh, peculiar uh, behavior in three dimension. And this was not, let's say, known before because it was not visible. And so we, we study this material that is a synthetic antiferromagnet that is a, a very well-known structure and is useful for a lot of different, let's say, application, but also is very, let's say, interesting from the point of view of spin waves. And we see what happens in the whole, let's say, three-dimensional sense. So that is more or less. 
Yeah. It's primary. <laughs> That's big. So could you maybe in like a simple way for me to understand what, could you describe what some of the, you know, theoretical emergent properties would be with a three-dimensional spin texture that you're using as a magnetic device? Mm, okay. For instance, from, uh, let's say, some point of view, it is important to point out something that it was really already known that was, for instance, the localization of spin waves that was uh, something that was new from, uh, let's say, the, the, the theoretical study and modeling and so on. So the magnetostatic waves have the localization in the spin fields, and this was uh, indeed observed, and we indeed observed the amplitude of the, the dependency of the spin wave amplitude in three dimensions. But um, from the other point of view, we see that the, also the interference can have some, let's say, more complicated structure in three dimensions. So this uh, structure can be indeed exploited also into one thing about some, uh, let's say, devices in which we want to use, uh, let's say, uh, analog computing, for instance. So if we have, uh, let's say, a, fig a figure of interference that has also a different bad dependence, we can exploit this bad dependence to store information, for instance. So it is really a third degree of freedom to have a very complicated structure. So in perspective, it can be, let's say, useful also for this kind of device. Of course, if we move other, let's say, um, branch of magneting, for instance, the topological structure, three-dimensional system are really now uh, having a real big hype because there are new structures that can be seen and it has different topological uh, properties. So it's a really big field that is uh, growing. Yeah. And so a little bit about the, I'd be interested in some of the history on this specific field. Um, how long has it been known that, you know, spin textures like a domain wall work so efficiently as a conduit for spin waves? And how, how, how was that determined initially? Mm -hmm. um, I think that, uh, okay, magnonic is a field that is, uh, for a certain point of view, very old. But of course, the use of spin texture, I think that uh, has been, uh, has grown in the last, uh, let's say, 10 years, because uh, only now we have the possibility to see and check spin texture. So first, uh, there has been a lot of um, uh, theoretical study and simulation in which the uh, people show that, for instance, spin texture can be used to channel spin wave or, uh, let's say, to create spin waves and so on. And after that, there are uh, some papers have been published showing this, uh, let's say, uh, the possibility to use spin texture. The point is still how to control spin texture. Uh, because, uh, of course, you can use uh, conventional lithography and shape anisotropy to control the spin texture, but you, uh, you have not so much precision and not control. So our proposal was to use a different approach and uh, 
for instance, we make some, let's say, uh, we just make some demonstration uh, on uh, channeling of spin waves in this uh, uh, domain world or using domain world as antenna. But there are also, of course, other groups that are working on it. So I think that only with hmm, the beginning of real nanotechnology spin texture has become something important also in magnolia. Okay, and so um, does this, does spin texture, uh, what do I wanna say? Does using spin textures uh, for magnetics, is that um, replacing, you know, more conventional um, approaches? Is it like, is this, what, what, are, what are the advantages of spin textures versus what had previously been explored? Uh, I think that one of the, the big problem of magnetics is still, the excitation of spin waves. So, um, from a certain point of view, the use of spin texture can help this because uh, the, the point is that um, in potential, magnonics can be really, really uh, bring really uh, big uh, scaling of devices and so on because we are dealing with waves that are of the order of 100 nanometers. The point is how to excite. Okay, this kind of uh, wave because if you use uh, some uh, antenna, inductive antenna with uh, creating an earthed field and so on, for instance, this is uh, there is a problem of miniaturization. So the use of spin texture somehow can uh, help to achieve this, uh, uh, to, to solve this problem because spin texture are inherently let's say, uh, nanometric. So we can couple more spin waves with these more features. So on a certain point, I think that, yes, now they represent a very good response to solve some problem, not all. For instance, the detection is still a problem, but in some cases can help. There are other, let's say, um, uh, there are some material that, uh, for instance, the Itun garnite that is, uh, the one of the most used materials in magnetic on which is still uh, complicated to control its spin texture because it's uh, a, let's say it's a material difficult to handle it change a lot with its uh, uh, properties if you make lithography and so on so in that so in that case maybe you can couple this material with other ferromagnet in which you can uh, more easily control spin texture for instance or there are some other the perspective, some other solution. So in this field, still uh, in this material that is mostly used, you use still conventional conduit nanometric structure and so on. But I think that in the future it can it can be also a, an interesting study to, to, to control spin texture even in ferrimagnet. Mm -hmm. And so could you talk more about that technique that you use to image these or, or to, you know, to verify the, the motion of the spin waves? We don't yeah. have to necessarily the three-dimensional style, but at least, you know, the most basic approach to understanding that. Yeah, this technique was, um, let's say, uh, developed at the Pollux beamline of the SLS in, con in uh, let's say, um, 
and this is the result of a collaboration also for, from Claire O'Donnelly from Max Planck Institute and uh, who provide, let's say, the, the algorithm to reconstruct the three-dimensional behavior of magnetization. So um, this is uh, the, the technique is, is called time resolve topic X-ray laminography and it is based to acquire uh, with high resolution different projection of the six so scanning transmission X-ray microscopy image at different uh, let's say rotation angle and then this uh, image that are say, time dependent because the uh, six M is a um, time probe uh, way of acquiring uh, uh, dynamical uh, uh, phenomena by acquiring all these uh, different projection we are able to reconstruct the 3d image and then an algorithm uh, that is an iterative algorithm reconstruct the world magnetization so first uh, this um, technique was used to was employed uh, in a static uh, study in which they study for instance, some, let's say, the magnetization in different uh, thick system. Then they uh, measure some uh, uh, magnetization dynamics like the uh, rotation of vortex. And now we are studying spin waves. All right. So this is the, the technique. Uh, the, it requires the growth of the sample on a membrane, so uh, a, a thin membrane because the, the technique is in transmission. And for the moment, the, the measurement takes a, a lot of time. Let's say this is a one week measurement at least to make uh, the world dynamics of our sample. So <laughs> it is really complicated. <laughs> but you can do it. So that's the important part. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> we at the end, we manage. You have to. To have a sample that is let's say quite quite stable in time because mm -hmm. you use an inductive antenna to excite the spin wave so uh, you have some ground heating and so on and your antenna has to be on for several days so it's uh, this is it can be an issue for the stability of the system <laughs> a lot of coffee um how well understood are you know, you mentioned you know controlling the controlling the spin textures to make you know functional devices is obviously a challenge. How well do you understand you know the limitations or the you know the goals of what you would actually make in terms of interconnectivity of the spin textures or you know dimensions or angles of rotation? You know, do you? It's one thing to control it, but it's another to even know what you're trying to control and where where I guess is the field in understanding some of those questions? From a certain point of view, the use of, for instance, our technique that is, uh, okay, uh, the, our technique that is uh, using this thermal scanning probability um, involves the knowledge of the, the control spin texture, both the control of the say for a certain point of view the conductive properties of your sample and the electromagnetic properties. I think that uh, 
you can, uh, with the actual use of software for the simulation, you can uh, really control very well the, let's say, to, to, to understand very well the standard, uh, let's say, pin texture configuration. Uh, in, let's say, magnetic, uh, in a metallic ferromagnet at least. Um, the use of three dimensions, the, the third dimension, I think, is still a little more tricky because uh, it involves uh, also the simulation of a 3D, um, let's say, a, a 3D uh, soft, a software in 3D. This is a heavy uh, work for the computational system. And so, for a certain point of view, even if there are still let's say, a lot of different topological tech, um, texture that are, let's say, discovered in, let's say, in the normal metallic ferromagnet, the, the understanding is very good. But if we move to other systems uh, that are more complicated, also the, the, the texture of the spin, the lattice is more complicated, there are still a lot of room for the study. For instance, um, the idea can be to move to antiferromagnets, and in this case, you discover a completely new world. But also, helicoidal magnets, uh, ferry magnets can have a lot of different textures that are not, let's say, we have not finished to discover yet. So, um, on a certain point of view, the use of, uh, let's see, the simulation software that you, that now are working pretty well can help in the understanding. But so in some cases, you can also to have an help of, from the technological point of view. So one of the main things is that how can, if we want to move to the third dimension, how can we control in three dimension the system? So this is still a very open question. And also how we can control, can we control antiferromagnets, for instance? And this is another <laughs> completely different story. But also in that case, we can have very, let's see, very interesting uh, texture because we have two sublattices. So we can have very different uh, behavior and also in the statical magnetization. So mm -hmm. the field is still very open. Have you yourself um, experimented with antiferromagnetic materials in these systems? on the horizon i'm moving to to use this system uh, for the moment we work also on, on ferry magnets so i hope uh, to the next for One the next closer. mmm i will present to the data and uh, my plan is in the next month also to move to this system and okay. uh, the problem is in that case, but also somehow with ferry magnet is that the imaging and the study is more complicated for the very low or zero magnetization. So also studying spin textures in that system can be challenging, but uh, we will try to do it anyway. <laughs> right. So you mentioned uh, modeling and simulation packages getting, getting better and better. Um, are there still, um, besides the timing that it takes to create these models, are there still gaps in understanding between what your models are are suggesting and what you're what you're seeing experimentally? 
Mm, of course, uh, there are still some, of course, there are some gaps due to the mm, finite modeling of some, uh, let's say, for instance, uh, the exchange length can have to be, let's say, uh, check and uh, so also uh, I think one of the main problems are the boundary conditions uh, of the simulation that somehow can heavily influence your results for instance uh, and uh, some now there is a, also a big effort in order to uh, to model, model, to make a model of all the torques that are involved, but okay, there is still a gap in, uh, in between uh, experiment and uh, modeling for sure, at least uh, with the software, commercial software. Also, the impact of uh, heating is sometimes something that has not, let's say, it's not a field that has so much. Uh, taken into account, for instance, with some finite elements, uh, other software, commercial software that are used for all multi-physics simulation, you can easily uh, control what happens with the heating, but not from the magnetic point of view. So there is still something to implement there. And uh, in our case, the most the major difficulty with spin wave arises from the fact that if you have, let's say, you have to study a spin wave that has some, let's say, propagation length, a wavelength that can be 300 nanometer, you need, uh, let's say, a lot of space. So the computational workload can be quite high. Even now, the GPU are very fast. Uh, there is still a gap in this, but uh, I'm not an expert for sure. I'm an experimentalist, but I think that <laughs> software developers are really working also into this. If only you had one of those neuromorphic computers to do your simulations on neuromorphic computers. Yeah, I'm only the final user, so I know only <laughs> I put only the parameters in the code and they run and say, oh, okay. Yeah, it turns but out. It, it is really, let's see, sometimes uh, it's really unexpected that simulation can really uh, fit very well with your experimental data, even in system which are very complicated. For instance, for our work on this three-dimensional spin wave, the system is really complicated because the sample has a lot of different spin texture, vortex, domain walls, and so on. And, uh, and the, 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 this domain, these spin waves are really, have a very peculiar special profile, are really complicated. But in the end, we were able to, to make a very good accordance with some simulation. So we are pretty surprised that uh, at the end, you, you are able to, with a good accuracy to, to simulate also this very complicated system. There you go. So was, is there anything that um, you think that I should know that maybe I haven't, uh, haven't touched on yet? I can make some uh, <laughs> advertise because I'm also part from, from the European Magnetism Association. So I, 
I, they, I take care of the digital networking of magnetism. So in particular, I organize plenary and early career research seminar online. So if someone wants to apply, yeah. uh, just write me and I will happy to, to say to give us a lot also to people from US and China and Japan to, to uh, give us a lot to speak about their research because I think it's important now to, to make some networking around the world. We are a lot of people and we sometimes are not aware of what uh, people are doing uh, uh, not only in the world but also next to us. So, I think it's important to make some networking. Absolutely. We'll be sure to send some people your way. Thank you once again to Dr. Petty for participating in this series. And there will be a link in the description for everyone to learn more about the European Magnetic Association.